Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. All right, welcome again to the Fusick podcast. And here today, we uh, have a great guest on board. I am your co-host, as always, accompanied by the one and only Mr. TJ McGinnis. What's going on, big dog? Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Craig. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Beautiful Thursday here in Chicago. And uh, just got back last week from another amazing, remarkable um, growth team trip. Uh, in Laguna Beach, Newport Beach, California. What a what a beautiful place out there, man. Just weather was perfect. Got a tan. Got to see some water. Um, there you go. Some great company and some great food at an unbelievable resort and just another unbelievable colonial trip. And every time you go on those, it's humbling and um, it motivates you for the next one. I'll tell you what. But how you doing? That's awesome. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We are. It's Labor Day weekend excited about and uh looking forward to spending some time with the family and enjoying the weather and family time man it is so we're, we're headed back to alabama um actually there tonight. you go um gonna go finally get katie's name changed officially and legally so maybe she won't that, that you know this is official maybe it'll be a little bit harder for her to, to leave me and figure it out there you go does. so i'm excited about that <laughs> and uh excited to get some uh mama julie and mama libby's cooking from both our moms and uh excited for college football man it's going to be a year i think uh auburn has the most talented team they've ever had i've got my war eagle socks on today but i think their <laughs> schedule is uh is gonna is gonna beat us down a little bit but enough yeah, about me one. enough about us and uh let's get to the, the man of the hour mr mark wells mark how you doing bud hey good morning guys doing well how are y'all Good morning, Mark. As 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 Doug uh, in St. Louis would say, I'm doing super fantastic. Super fantastic. <laughs> That's right, bud. Well, uh, you know, Mark, I, I enjoyed spending time with you. I've heard a lot about you. I heard you speak on a call uh, with a national call with Colonial on the ADM front, and uh, got to spend some good times with you um, in California. And I've heard nothing but great things, and um, I'm real impressed by your story, and, and I've heard bits and pieces of it, and I'm just excited to hear the whole thing here today. And um, just want to turn the floor over to you and, and say, you know, what is your FUSIC story, and what does FUSIC, for everyone who said I couldn't, mean to you? Well, you know, first and foremost, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity um, you guys are giving me to, to be able to do this and share my story, and, and hopefully at the end of it, um, it, it'll it'll reach someone and, and you know motivate them and touch their lives. But um, you know um, you know just from, from the beginning that how I got started with Colonial Life. I, I was originally in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and I'm originally from a small town in Alabama called Highland Home, and it's a you know a pretty small town. We had about one gas station, and uh, as soon as I left high school I went right into the United States Army and shortly thereafter was deployed to Afghanistan and finished my tour there and, and came home and I joined the Montgomery Police Department um, you know against advisement from a, from a few people worried my mother uh, many nights I'm sure but um, I, I joined the Montgomery Police Department and um, moved around a little bit through the police department as a I was a patrol cop and moved over into the canine 
bureau where I, I had a, a dog as a partner. And, and I tell you what, that's probably the greatest partner I ever had because he, he, he didn't talk back. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I spent a few years um, um, doing the canine thing and, and then moved over to our detective division where um, I worked as a detective for, for the, the rest of my career there. And I started out working property crimes and then moved over into our robbery homicide division and then uh, became a, a supervisor and finished out my, my time there as a, as a detective supervisor. Um, I, I had reached a point uh, in my career where I was just looking for something more. It was a, it was a tough life um, in law enforcement, uh, many nights at work, long nights, overnight, working to the wee hours of the morning, and I was just wanting something more. So uh, I had this conversation with my sister-in-law, who is, is actually our enroller here for the Mobile District, and we had this conversation several times over many years, and it just it just never happened. The timing was never right, and uh, I came down to Mobile and interviewed, and the the rest was pretty much history. Um, I packed up everything I owned and moved from from Montgomery down to Mobile, and began my career here at Colonial Life in May first of two thousand seventeen. So I had a lot of people as as I was leaving the the law enforcement, um, you know, there were a lot of people who talked down to, to my decision. You know, I had a lot of people say, why, why would you do this? Why would you want to go do that? Why do you want to go work in the insurance industry? You've, you've built a career here in law enforcement. You've, you know, you've achieved so much in 13 years here in law enforcement. Why would you just leave it all behind? I, and I was, you know, the only answer that I could give is I, I want something more. And, you know, a lot of people doubted me, said, oh, there's there's nothing in insurance. You, you're not going to, I don't see you going anywhere in it and it, you being successful and you being able to sustain yourself in a career in the insurance industry. And, you know, even through all that, I, I, I just did it. I, I took a leap of faith and, um, came to Colonial Life. So I, I started out as, a, as an account rep here in Mobile, and it was, it was tough. It was definitely tough. I had moments of, of just being uncertain, and I wasn't sure if I had made the right decision. Uh, early on in, in my time here, I, I began second-guessing myself because I just did not know anything about the insurance industry. I had no prospects in a new city. I was brand new here. And it was it was definitely hard. But the I, I couldn't I could not have asked for a better district to work for. Uh, it's just the family environment and the culture that we have here. Uh, that there were a few times that I was thinking about walking away from this and, and the people here and my family and my, my sister-in-law who's our enroller and um, so many people were behind me and pushing me to 
to stay here. They believed in me, and eventually things started happening. Uh, it, it started working out, and I started buying into the system and trusting the the activity that 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 we have to do here. And it it just it became the right fit, and and I began to love it. Now, a little to to backpedal a little bit. Um, I have a younger brother who was attached to my hip. Everything that I did, he did. Um, he he's three years younger than I than I am, and when I was I was about maybe two years in law enforcement. He was a student at at Troy University, and he called me up one day and he said, "Hey, I'm thinking about joining the police department." Are they hiring? I said, well, they, we're always hiring, but why don't you just stay in, why don't you stay in school and, and, and do that and, and let me handle this. Let me handle the streets of Montgomery. Uh, um, against my advisement, um, he went through the police academy, uh, graduated and, and hit the streets of Montgomery. And um, I was, I was still in the army. I, I was doing the army reserves and he called me up one day and he said, hey, thinking about joining the army. What do you think about that? And I said, well, it's, you know, why don't you just keep doing your thing here at the police department and, and I'll, uh, you know, let me do the army. And against my advisement, he joined the, he joined the army national guard. <laughs> so <laughs> he did, he, he, he didn't, uh, he didn't listen to me too well. So, so he joined the army and became commissioned as a, as a Lieutenant in the United States army. And, and there we were and, and both, in our careers in law enforcement and in the in the military, and he uh, he moved up through the ranks of the uh, police department. We actually got to spend time together as we were detectives together. So that was uh, that was a pretty cool experience getting to work with your brother on cases, and uh, you know right around and catch bad guys. So that was that was an interesting time. But uh, we we both uh, made supervisor. And I was getting ready to, like I said, I was looking for something more. And I had a conversation with him, and I said, "Hey, buddy, I'm uh, I'm going to go down to to Mobile and interview with Colonial Life." And I'll never forget it. He he said, "What, really?" I said, "Absolutely." And, and I thought that, you know, he was going to turn the tables on me and say, "No, you don't need to do that. You just need to stay here in the police department." And he said, "Well." See if you can get me an interview. So, uh, we, we were we were both at that point in our careers, and uh, we had a few more conversations, and he ended up um, interviewing with Colonial Life, and uh, we both left the. We both put in our two weeks' notice within the same week of each other at, at the police department, and both joined Colonial Life. I, I moved to Mobile, and he joined the Auburn district and began doing very, very well for himself. And we both had those conversations early on in our career at Colonial Life that, hey, are we doing the right thing or what are we missing? This is completely new to us, unlike anything we had ever done. So time went on and we both began doing very well as reps. And towards the end of 2017, we both had conversations with our with our DGAs about becoming uh, ADMs, and we 
of course, talked it over with, with each other. And I mean, you're talking about this is my, you know, best friend. We grew up with each other. We did everything. We talked every day. And early on in our, you know, conversations in uh, transitioning to the ADM role, we, we just both felt that this was a, this was right for the both of us. It was just a good fit. And we would share stories every day. We would talk every day about what's going on at work. What are you doing in your district? And I would tell them what's going on in my district. And we would talk about, hey, you know, you know, really just best tips and practices and strategies. What what can we implement here? And uh, so January one of of this year, we we both became contracted as as ADMs. And we're really excited about it. And um, you know, he would he would tell me things that hey, I'm thinking about implementing this into my into my unit. Uh, just just trying some different things, and you know, I would take that and and run with it. And uh, you know, some of those tips and strategies that he that that we talked about, I still use those in my unit today. So uh, to, to dig a little deeper into, into the story here, uh, so we're going to go to January, January 6th of this year. Um, it was you know early morning. I had actually driven out to Westmobile to my, to my girlfriend's house and you know just like you know being the good guy, I you know brought breakfast over that morning and uh, we, were, we were sitting around at, uh, you know eating our Chick-fil-A, chicken biscuits, it doesn't get any better than that. So uh, we're, we're eating our breakfast, and uh, she looks at me. She says, I think, you're, I think your phone's ringing, and, and we're talking. This is like 7.30 in the morning. And I, I guess my, my phone was vibrating, and I, I can't hear anything. I said, no, I don't, I, I don't hear anything. And about five minutes later, she said, I don't really think your phone's ringing. So I, I checked my phone, and I had you know, several missed calls, one from my father and um, another one from my oldest brother. And I just, I knew that this was strange. This was unusual. Uh, I knew something was out of place here. So uh, I returned the phone calls and uh, it was, I talked to my, to my dad and he asked me if I had, uh, if I talked to my youngest brother, uh, Mason. And I said, well, I, I talked to him last night. Uh, Actually, I was at the office uh, when I talked to him. He was getting ready to leave the office, and, and we had a conversation about work and uh, about recruiting strategies and and what we could do to 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 do better with recruiting. And uh, I had talked to him the night before, and my father said, "Well, his uh, he had drill with it with the army that weekend with his unit, and he was being commissioned, or not? I'm sorry, not commissioned, but he was uh, being." Uh, it was a change of command ceremony. He was being uh, promoted to, uh, he was going to be the commander of the unit. And, and my dad said, well, his, his unit called and he has, he's not at drill. And this is, you know, it's winter time. It doesn't get bad in Alabama, but his unit was up north Alabama. So I think that they had had some, you know, some ice or something. So we were, you know, I was kind of worried. Well, maybe he didn't make it. Maybe he had a wreck. So, um, you know, we, we couldn't contact him, and uh, so I, I knew his his girlfriend at the time, and and I gave her a uh, 
a phone call and asked her, uh, you know, had she had she spoken to to my brother Mason? And she said, well, they they went out to dinner last night, and uh, you know, he went home around midnight. So I said, well, uh, you know, if you could, uh, I sent her to to his house to to check on him, and and that's. You know, sometimes you just get those feelings when you know, you know, um, Mason being a, you know, he was just a very responsible person. Um, it was always on top of his game, uh, no matter what he, no matter what he did in, in any of his careers in, in, in the Army, law enforcement, and colonial life. He was just very, very sharp. Uh, it, you know, he was my younger brother, but I looked up to him and just the way he carried himself in life. And um, after, after my brother's girlfriend goes to his house that's you know I'm on the phone with her while while we're talking about you know why he's not answering his phone so she's that's that's when she goes into his house and and you know we discovered that that he had taken his own life and that is when absolutely when my entire world just changed it it was you know I felt like that that was that was it that was probably the most pivotal moment in my life and in my career here at Colonial Life. Uh, you know, there was just so many things that, that had to transpire for that to happen. And, you know, to, to this day, it's it's late August now, and there, there are still no answers to, um, to why this, this tragedy happened. So that's when I really had to to dig deep and determine if this is what I wanted to do anymore. I just I felt like I didn't I really didn't know what to do. Um, it was it was a lot going on just throughout the family and the the emotional toll that it took. Um, you know, we're talking about just just my best friend uh, here. Not not only was he my brother, but it's my best friend and. You know, I didn't think that I had time for this anymore. Uh, you know, we, we we had conversations about how it was being new in this industry, and, and now it just got a lot harder. And so I, I began to have more doubts um, that this is, you know, this industry, this career, this company is not something that I just had time to deal with anymore, but... Uh, all the same, I still had to, I still had to make a living. Uh, life, you know, didn't stop for me and, and, and what I had to do. So, you know, I, I almost made the decision to, to, to leave. Uh, I just didn't feel like I was into, you know, it was a brand new ADM. It, it wasn't fair to my team, but, you know, I was very fortunate to have a, just a very understanding and compassionate work family here. I, I felt like I was going to let my team down because this is what I this is what I was going through right now, and I couldn't be there for them. And that was that was also extremely hard. As as to this, the feeling of that that you were letting people down. But uh, it it was it, it took some time and. Thankfully, I, the support system that I have um, through my family and and the people I work with 
it, it just began to motivate me. Um, you know, although Mason was gone, I, you know, I had, I, I felt like that this is, he would not want me to, to give up my dream of, of being successful here and, and achieving so much, you know, it's just unlimited potential. And I felt like that that was the, that was the pivotal moment in, in, in my career is, is uh, I leaned on him more than ever, even, even though he was no longer with us. And I just thought that, you know, what would he want me to do? And it was to, to stay here and, and carry on uh, what I was doing. And it, it was hard. Uh, first quarter was extremely difficult for me, just, you know, personally and emotionally. And uh, some days my head was here and, you know, obviously uh, it, it wasn't here. And, you know, I had to do what I had to do to, to, to be here for my team because they were also depending on me. And, and I depend on them as much as they were depending on me. And I was... I was kind of looking around one day on uh, on proper and looking at our self-report unit hub and, and looking throughout our territory. And I was looking at my numbers and, and, and seeing what we were, we had done so far in the first quarter. And I, I scrolled down a little bit further and I could see, I could see my brother's name right up under mine. And I saw what his plan was. And, you know, of course he, he hadn't, hadn't achieved a lot of his plan, it was only in the role for a week, but um, at that moment, I, I, I thought to myself, how awesome, you know, would it be and such a huge achievement if, if I could hit my plan and hit his plan, and I have been so fortunate to have such a, just a hard-working team to, to be behind me on this journey that, I've, I've been able to do that the first two quarters and it's, and that's, uh, you know, he's not here to do it anymore. He can't do it. So I'm going to do what, what he couldn't do, or maybe, maybe what he thought wasn't possible. Maybe I, and I don't know. Um, and, and I may never know if, if he thought that this was obtainable, but you know, by God, I'm gonna, I'm going to do what I have to do to keep, to keep trying to do that. And, and hit those goals, and that's what that's what motivates me every every day. Every day is is, is that is is you know maybe he sometimes I have those thoughts. Maybe he gave up and and thought that this was just not doable. But well, I'm gonna do it for you. You can't do it anymore. So here we go. Uh, watch this. That's, so that's, that's, that's really cool, that, man. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much. Uh, you know that's pretty much my story. That's that's pretty much what mo- motivates me and drives me uh, day after day, day in and day out. Is you know that sing- that one single life event that has you know forever changed my life and and really changed my career here at, at Colonial Life. Wow, that's uh, impactful, Mark. And uh, you know it goes back to. Craig, we talk about it all the time. When your why is bigger than a nose, then you're gonna fight and chance, and you're gonna make it. <clears throat> yep. Your your why is you know you want to do this for Mason. You want to do this for for everybody. Who said you who 
who couldn't do it, and you're out there making an impact, man. Yeah. And uh, I salute you for that. Uh, you, you shared part of this story at the growth team. I know it's not easy for you to do that. And uh, uh, I know you made an impact in my life last week, and you did again today. So I uh, appreciate you yeah, and all that you. you're doing. Yeah, thank you for the courage to share that story. I know that yes. that wasn't easy. Um, I can't imagine. I can't even put myself in your shoes. I don't, I don't know what that feeling's like. Um, and, you know, I just... Uh, just I don't know what to say besides thank you. A um, couple things on this. Uh, one, you know, I, I'm going to preface this next statement by making sure everybody does understand, even though I know you do, that I am a huge Auburn fan, so this is not me converting at all or anything like that. But um, I do respect the hell out of Nick Saban, and I do study his stuff um, as far as how to run an organization, how to be consistent with the system. And um, I was watching – um, the show that ESPN did, um, Rolling with the Tide, and Nick Saban was on there and Kobe Bryant was on there. and You know, they're talking, and, and Bama's big thing this year is, you know, it's always been finished is what they always talk about, but the big thing this year is what breaks you. And I heard a great quote last night. It says, what makes one window better than the other? And the answer is what breaks it, what it takes to break it. And, you know, so many times in life or so many times during the day, it's as little as breaking our focus, right? We're, we're focused on a task and something happens that's not a priority and you choose to make it a priority and it breaks you away from your focus. Or something happens in life as horrific and, and you know, unexpected as, as what you went through, Mark. And, and for 99.9% of the people, it would have completely broke them where they wouldn't have returned, right? And you had the courage to, to come back and, and find that your why, just like TJ said, was bigger than, you know, the rock that was going to break your window. And I'm trying to make the best analogy I can out of that, but I think you get what I'm saying. And, you know, that is something that you should be damn proud of. I know I'm proud of you. I know there's a lot of colonial people, and I'm sure that your family's proud of you as well. You're not only hitting sales numbers for Mason and yourself, but you're doing it in a leadership role. And you're impacting other people's lives that are able to pay their bills. And, and you know, I was talking with one of my buddies, Matthew Ingram, who's on the Alabama team as well in Birmingham now. And he opened his first case. And he said, you know, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, do you realize since you made that appointment and your ADM helped you close it that at least eight people are going to make a paycheck next week that wouldn't have just because you made that appointment? And then, you know, you wrote however much premium. So that means this many people are going to be protected now and their families are going to have protection on their income. And I was like, it all comes back to you made that appointment. And, you know, I just I look at your sales numbers, Mark, and, and you've impacted a lot of lives by helping people make appointments and help people close it and, and, and getting out there and protecting people. So you should be damn proud of what you've done this year. Um, it says a lot about your character. It says a lot about your work ethic. And it says a lot about the strength of your window, man. And uh, uh, just so saying, from Colonial, we appreciate you. Great job. Hey, thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, you know, we always ask one question, Mark, is that, you know, you you were a police officer in a, in a homicide unit, and, and people might not understand the, the significance of that in Montgomery, Alabama, but... Montgomery, Alabama has a higher homicide rate per capita than the city of Chicago does. 
and that's a that's a dangerous job. <laughs> so um, I just want to say thank you for your service uh, in the military, and thank you for your service there. I lived in Montgomery for six years, probably um, part of the you know years that you were working there. And uh, so thank you for your service. And sorry if I caused any. Um, headaches for you while I was there in those six years. I apologize now. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, but if you could go back to 22-year-old um, Mark Wells and, and, and give him one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, be, be patient. Um, uh, just be patient because Everything is going to to happen for a reason. I didn't see that as a 22-year-old. I I had the mentality that I needed everything and I need it now. And if you're just patient, then everything works out. Look look at me, 33 years old and started a brand new career. Um, Because as I grew a little bit older... um, I began to exercise a little bit more patience. You know, don't, don't, don't worry so much. Don't, don't give up hope because everything's going to happen for a reason. Everything will will fall into place for a reason. So I would, I would definitely tell myself at 22 years old to just calm down and and cool your jets and be a little bit more patient. Yeah, I think that's something that TJ and I both struggle with. For sure. Very much so. Very much so. Patience. That's why they say patience is a virtue. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, TJ, do you have any recap? Uh, I don't, Craig, because I want to keep it as just what Mark's story is. I agree. Because it's it's impactful. So thank you, Mark, for everything that you've done and and your service and what you're going to continue to do to keep uh, moving forward with Colonial and, and impacting lives. That's right. And if anybody is wondering, Mark does a very good um, bus driver uh, on the on the microphone impersonation. Um, <laughs> if you ever give get him a few drinks, he can definitely uh, entertain a, a five minute bus ride, and uh, and so and he also can play the guitar. So, uh, Mark, are you Alabama or Auburn fan? Oh, I'm an Alabama fan. Craig. Well, we we haven't published this episode yet, so I mean, it was you, know, you did you did, a, you did a decent job, but you know, I'm <laughs> just kidding, man. Uh, well, War Eagle, uh, uh, good luck to y'all this weekend, and um, we appreciate you, man. Everybody, for everyone who said I couldn't, Fusic episode. Thank y'all again, and we'll see you soon. Love y'all. Fusic, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't. <laughs>